Welcome to episode 218 of the Design Details Podcast. I'm Bryn Jackson. And I'm Brian Levin. Today we caught up with Owen Williams. He is a now freelancer, writer, coder, maker, emailer, nudger, nudger. Uh, super fun time catching up with Owen while he was in town from the Netherlands. <laughs> the Netherlands. But before we get into it, we want to thank Fuse for making this episode possible. Thanks, Fuse. Fuse lets you write better apps with less code. It's a tool. It is a markup. What if I didn't have to prototype an app and I could just build it? That would be cool. But wouldn't I have to learn how to code an application? I mean, yes. Technically, yes. Oh. But it can be pretty easy. They have this really nice .ux file format. It's a really simple component-based syntax. It's beautiful. And it's the learning curve equivalent of any other prototyping tool but the difference is the output of what fuse gives you is actually a compiled app into objective c or java or whatever so it's it's code that can ship to the app store and your users can use on their end device which is an entirely different way of building products it's like your prototype isn't prototype it's just like an actual thing that shipped to the app store and is actually in people's hands and you can make money off of it you know all those things you can't do with prototypes fuse gives you a ton of power to build those things in real time uh if you're on your own you have an awesome real-time dev environment where you can see changes updating live in your simulator or if you're collaborating with the team you can see those changes happen across devices uh, so that as you're working in a file your team will also see those changes at the same time means you can write less code, spend a lot less time worrying about the overhead and actually just build your product. At the end of the day, Fuse gives you something that you can ship to the App Store. Gives you a lot of really, really nice APIs in the .ux format that makes it easy to create views, do animations, transitions, and all that stuff is documented on their website. They have tons of docs, uh, examples, example apps that you can look at that are built with Fuse, all to make it as easy as possible for you to actually build a final product, make it easier to build better products. We're super excited about this problem. This is something that Britt and I have been thinking about for forever because it is insanely hard to get into a world where you can actually ship a product on multiple platforms what if without you could des- having to worry about un- all the like plumbing of the language or the dev tools or the setup process. What if the output of design is actually meaningful instead of just a bunch of pictures you nudged around for a while? That Wouldn't that be cool? Is possible today. So Fuse is sponsoring this episode. They want you to check them out at fusetools.com. You can get started for free today. Check it out. Try it. You can actually build an app, get it on the app store. Uh, but if you're working with a team, they also have something called Fuse Pro. The Pro Plan. But if you're working with a team, Fuse has the Pro Plan, which makes it easy to collaborate with your team. Uh, you get an awesome visual editor called Fuse Studio. It also integrates natively with Xcode and Android Studio, so it's really easy to work with an existing project. Uh, and they give you some premium components that make it easy to build more powerful, customizable UI. But again, the free version's ready for you at fusetools.com. If you are working with a team and want to upgrade the way that you build products together, Go to fusetools.com and if you sign up, use the promo code DD, that's the letter D, and then one more of the letter D. Like design details. And that'll give you 70% off. For a year. For a year of the pro plan, which is normally... And you can get premium components, which is a month. also my new band name. Premium components at fusetools.com. 
Thanks so much for sponsoring the show, Fuse. Give them a try at fusetools.com to make a better app today. Thanks once again to Fuse. And with that, let's get to episode 218 with Owen Williams. I feel like we're just going to get into whatever comes up. So we should yeah, just jump in. Sounds good. Uh, right. We always start by letting you introduce yourself however you want. Oh, this is the, <laughs> that, this the, is hardest the only part. hard question. Yeah. yeah. Well, I feel like it would have been easier if you asked me this yesterday. Oh. What would you have said yesterday? <laughs> well, I was the head of digital at a bike company. And then it like expands to I'm the head of digital at a company called Vimove. Yeah. Uh, we make smart bikes that I've tracked down and not, yeah, not died doing so. Uh-huh. Uh, but today I'm a freelancer. Mm-hmm. Um, I announced it. Oh, announced it. Oh my God. I keep I, saying that. I made my public yes, debut of my I career went, change. I went public with it like a couple of hours ago. <laughs> so I'm, I'm a freelancer. Uh, I'm one of these weird people who sits in that like, I guess, intersection of technology where you're having skills in every area. So writing, marketing, coding, nerdy cloud things. You're a generalist. Yeah. And everybody's asking me to do all of those things. That's good. Yeah. That's a good place Um, to be. But then I realized like, oh, I could freelance for that. So that's where I am today, which is pretty cool. So you've been... How's it going so far? Yeah, that was how, like, how's the last, like, was like seven, seven or eight hours. hours seven my, hours. Ago. Oh my god, so many clients. No, <laughs> uh, really <laughs> good. So it's much been... work done. Made a ton of money. Yeah, it's just like one of those things where you, I, it's weird. I always subscribe to. Thanks to my girlfriend. Like, by the way, at at Femke SVS. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Can I like brand my girlfriend on this podcast? I don't know. Well, um, I wouldn't say it like that. <laughs> it's gonna be just my be girlfriend like, Twitter handle at <laughs> Femke SVS. <laughs> she, <laughs> you can just kind of like bleep that butt out. Uh, <laughs> no, so but cool she, if I shout out my girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> Her name is Femke. Um, she subscribes to this whole like methodology called uh, the overlap technique, which I think came from Sean Wears or one of like one of mm. these many design thought leaders design hashtag thought leaders um where you work your job and you do freelance as well right so you get up at a horrible Mm -hmm. time uh you do that and then you go to work um and that's what i did this whole year i spent all year working with uh ikea actually which was amazing we we wrote about chatbots and we made a chatbot and like did that and i worked with intercom and all these different things and i realized holy crap people will pay me you know, like i don't need a salary mm-hmm. <laughs> i have um, marketable skills oh my god yeah um and it's this weird point you get to where you think like i could earn whatever per month but if i didn't work full-time i would not have a cap on that right you know like if i didn't mm-hmm. work for somebody else full-time it's like a very different equation and then i realized all the different skills mean that i had always been trying to put myself in one box right i was like am i a writer Am I a, wow, this has got deep really fast. Yeah. (laughs) You're like, how's freelance? And I'm like, well, let me tell you. I've been having a crisis of self-definition. Yeah, no, but like all of us have that thing, right? Where we, uh, am I a designer? Who am I? Am I a writer? Am I this? Am I that? And I realized you don't have to define it so much. I realized when I worked with Ikea um, that I didn't, the writing meant that I could make a chat box and you had a code. So it was interesting. Yeah, I want to f- start from the beginning in this okay, case. Okay, sorry, let's rewind. I feel like <laughs> there's so much context that gets you to the yeah, build, like, right. I'm a generalist freelancer doing do all who builds chatbots for furniture companies. Yeah, yeah. so <laughs> yeah, who builds like chatbots? For- <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Do they do they show you the parts of the chatbot and make you put them together before you can use it? Nice. 
Ooh, that's a good question. I, I have to be careful <laughs> what I say. Um, yeah, like IKEA was looking for, they did an exploration. There's a, they have this startup lab called Space 10. Um, and they just get money to make cool stuff. Is that like, who made like the IKEA like AR thing? Yeah, they worked up with a bunch of partners and they made this that's amazing genius. App. By I'm the way, so it has that. part of the chatbot we worked on in it. There right? we go. Because it has this crazy conversational onboarding. And they were trying to figure out like, can you use a conversational interface to make your app seem friendlier? And obviously mm-hmm. the answer is yes. Um, and what we built was a demo version of what IKEA could use one day if they built a whole thing. Maybe you're walking around a furniture app, a uh, furniture app. And now you have to type. <laughs> you have to type the names of those things. <laughs> yeah, no, like it's it's supposed to take a whole bunch of data and suggest things to you. Yeah, like that's yeah. the idea. Um, you might like Gunterlog. <laughs> would you? Would you like? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it reminds me of that weird video where that guy's walking around like making gags of all the furniture names in Australia. I don't yeah, know if you've yeah, seen yeah. that. It's I'm great. Familiar. Oh my goodness! I'm going to send it to you. Great. You can put it in your show notes. <laughs> it's great. But yeah, so wait, what was the question? <laughs> there was no question here. We just oh, started talking okay. about like, yeah. chatbots. Just talking about chatbots. Yeah. Um, conversational interfaces. I, I asked, did they make you put it together? And oh, then, yeah. So like the way it came together, they came to me and they were like, well, we want to make a chatbot that can tell a story and we want to combine rich media with that. And also here's a shit ton of Jason. Do we swear on this one? Yeah. <sighs> we shit encourage it. Shit, oh, yeah. Woo. Dude. I, like I went on one last week and I said like, shit and they're like oh no we don't do that here oh quick no. pause oh yeah like oh, oh just i don't woo. podcast here i'm do you out. have like a button under this fancy <laughs> desk okay yeah, yeah. anyway <laughs> um and they're yeah, like it's, oh, it's all can... buttons on the bottom yeah yeah there's For a lot of word. buttons there's yeah. like fart noise yeah, yeah. Okay. um but the simple idea was you can write json you can make the flow and like all of the logic that goes behind it it's so mm-hmm. funny because those apps are so old as well right mm-hmm. it's just this ladder thing with like a bunch of choices that all lead back to the first choice um but being able to write json in the code and like do that later i mean they didn't have to do it later mm-hmm. which was awesome but i mean those kind of chatbots are just so early right now we'll mm-hmm. see what they do with it but yeah so our conversational interface is the future oh and what i mean the underlying question is it's a trend right now do you feel like it's a trend that's here to stay it depends. Are you hiring me for that? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, no, so I think so, but I think the conversationalization of everything is what's killing it. It's the same with like, you saw the launch of AR Kit last week for Apple stuff mm-hmm. and heaps of apps added AR and it was just this lame, we put a ball on the table and it was, and you're like, okay, so AR is pretty lame. I that's mean, what's happening right now. There's today. a handful of really interesting ideas, but right. they're they're interspersed in like kind of really lame general apps. Yeah, and they get annoying. Yeah. Like nobody's thought about the implications of this annoying thing that talks at you constantly. The so. demo on stage was this guy looking through his phone, looking very serious about a table from yeah, the outside. Yeah, yeah. But right. on his screen, there was like helicopters and tanks and shit. It's right. like you exactly. can't look cool. In VR, the future is really cool sad. Using AR, yeah. yeah. Well, when the when the IKEA Place app came out last mm-hmm. week, I thought it would be really fun to go outdoors and put furniture in places because <laughs> it was kind of weird <laughs> and like it makes great videos for Twitter. Um, It'd be amazing if other people could find them, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. But you're standing around putting furniture, like you're playing Sims Four or something, and then people in the real world think you're this weirdo because you're like tagging, putting a rug on like, a manhole. Oh my goodness! I'm like using. Yeah, it's terrible. So. It's a- next level watching people take selfies. Right. It's just like, oh, With iPads. At your home. Ah, so uncomfortable. In the privacy of your home. It's yeah. very cool. It could save you a very dramatic trip to Ikea. 
but to answer your question about conversational, she's just so many good things right now. No, like to answer your actual question, I think conversational has its place, but everybody is shoehorning into it right now. Mm-hmm. And I think conversational interfaces could be the next RSS reader or something like this. But yeah, again, everybody's trying to shoehorn it in right now and nobody wants CNN alerts, New York Times alerts and all of those things. It's mm-hmm. You have to find some weird use case that makes sense. And I, there's like, I can, maybe two of those right now. So yeah, I and all super awkward. Shoehorn's the right word for me. Yeah. Is like let's take a thing that was previously possible to do by giving you the time and permission to just like right. click buttons to perform a thing, and sure. now you have to like talk your way through it. So it's not only is it slower, but it, the likelihood of it being frustrating is a million exactly. times higher. Now the upside is that you at least know how to use it, right? Theoretically. Right. How good is it with typos? Well, that's in like an onboard. (laughs) Yeah, I see, I see. But the trick, I think, so a lot of those early ones made the mistake of letting you type stuff and that's way harder. Mm -hmm. A good conversational interface right now should just give you a bunch of shit you can do. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, Yeah, but you shouldn't be able to, Mm you shouldn't be able to type to it because it just, you end up in this really weird situation really fast. So like I bought the Google Home on day one and that's like the opposite because you talk to it, but it's the same mm-hmm. principle, right? So the Google Home is a good example of this, right? Uh, you can say anything to it, but you quickly end up in this situation where it just, it you end up in a paradox because you can say something like, I want to go to dinner at, around the usual place. And Google's like, okay, where could the usual be? And what place is that? Like there's so many things mm-hmm. that you could say that it's not worth it. Whereas if it can predefine it, that's better. And most people went head first and they were like, you can type anything. And I think, was it Facebook? When they, ooh, when they first launched Facebook Messenger platform. M? Yeah, like this the thing, the like oh, platform okay. thingy. Yeah. Poncho was on there. It was like the cute cat weather app. And you could message it and say something along the lines of, what's the weather around me? But you could just completely <laughs> stump it within five seconds. Whereas it could have had two buttons that said, what's the weather here? And like, what's the weather in place? And you type it in the box and mm-hmm. it would have been better. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's like, yes, but it's getting better. Um, I think the biggest problem is nobody knows how to predict the 80 things that could come from it. Humans are like wired to answer, ask questions that don't make any sense. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> Like anything that you say, that's the usual place. My favorite, what does that mean? It could, or, or even if it's like SF, right? right. Instead of San Francisco. Yeah. What does that mean? Yeah. yeah, it could be anywhere. It could be that's not a city, San Fernando. Yeah. And then lots of people have yeah, <laughs> lots of people have different acronyms for things. So yeah, I love the Google Home because it's pretty good at this. Mm-hmm. You can ask it about the weather, go back in ten minutes, and then say, um, "Oh, now I've lost my train of thought for that." But it's like, "Oh, what was it about that?" And it will remember what that refers yeah, to. Yeah. Whereas Siri would not. Yeah. But yeah, that was like my convoluted yes, but. Mm-hmm. <laughs> answer i think i think everybody rushed into it right now and the reality is if you look at m there's a couple of other ones they all have bullshit things where people are actually answering the questions behind the scenes so yeah i don't know 50 <laughs> 50 on it we'll see we'll see i mean do you guys use any yeah like i don't have the patience for it's just like let me throw up a much slower experience right. to do a task and like you could call a human i did use messenger w- m once well so that's why yep. m was compelling right is well, and uh, it's also the reason it doesn't seem like it would work is because right. you can ask it things like 
hey, book me a flight and car next week. I'm going right. to be in Denver for the first three days and then I need a flight from Denver to New York for the second four days and I want to switch these car companies. And a person will interpret that and like figure this shit yeah, out. That's five compelling, seconds. but like, how do you, <laughs> but oh, how do you ship I, I that just, to so everyone? We met at XOXO. Yeah. Um, I was trying to book my flight to XOXO through Messenger M. Oh, no way. That was a shit show. I'm like, just do this flight. Like, this is the one I take every time right. to Portland. It's like, just do this one. It's like, well, I I couldn't find that one. Oh. Yeah, they just, it's like, some person on the other end. Okay, that's fine. But like, that's, that's the problem though, is all like Facebook, a couple of others messed up by introducing M at the same time. They had this like weird chatbot narrative and they're like, M is amazing. It can solve all your problems. And then failed to mention the part that it's shoehorned stuff like mm-hmm. what it does is 10 years away i mean you'll be you'll be able to make i mean apis exist for this already you can make a computer understand what you're saying but it doesn't know shit about what you mean mm-hmm. it's 50 things and that's that's the actual problem and they messed up by giving you this perception that the computer is this magical bot that can book you flights yeah. to your usual yeah. like programming intent is way harder than programming oh. like language understanding yeah it's terrible so yes but yes <laughs> my answer to that but yeah, Wait, nice segue. How do we end up here? Uh, <laughs> through a long Freelance. and winding path. But I yeah. know where I want to go next. Oh, I like that. Because I want to figure out how we even ended up in the place where we're talking about this kind of yeah, that's fun stuff. Yeah. And now with all your freelancing. That with the mood lighting in this room. And with the mood lighting. Yeah. Uh, where are you from? I always struggle to answer this question because mm. I'm from New Zealand, mm. but I live in Amsterdam. It's hard to know which one to identify with anymore where were you raised okay new zealand <laughs> we'll, 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 <laughs> Thank you. we'll work our way to amsterdam yeah okay so i come from wellington new zealand hence the um takawiti accent like, i didn't notice yeah was that taika Waititi? yeah takawiti oh my goodness i mispronounced it <laughs> takawiti yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, something so else? just delete that uh sorry new zealand no yeah so hence the accent <laughs> <laughs> and my terrible pronunciation of my own. <laughs> oh, so good. I'm going to go now. Um, yeah, but so I'm from there. Uh, I moved to Amsterdam a couple of years ago. Gotcha. Yeah. So down under, long way from home, although halfway home from here, which is kind of nice. Yeah. The slow way, away. right? It's like 12 hours from here. From Amsterdam, it's 36. There's no place close to New Zealand. Australia, but even then it's like five hours away. Yeah. It's not close. There's you like, don't just go there. There's nothing. But yeah, you're even just... the north and the south island of New Zealand are not close. <laughs> yeah, so so it's I, remote. In Europe, every time I go to the airport, I look at the sign and I'm like, "Oh my god, there's more than like four places on this thing." <laughs> Mother of God! <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, which one should I catch? So it's this weird, overwhelming. Every time we try to go on holiday, I'm like, "Where should we go?" Well, do we and go to Mordor or somewhere like? Well, yeah, it's more, there's Mordor or the other Mordor. <laughs> like, that's Hobbiton. It. Yeah, exactly. And half of those are in my city anyway. So, yeah, was that an isolating experience growing up in a place like that, where yeah, the world exists to, on least. the internet? Yeah, we had four to, four to one, eight to one. I can't remember facts about how many sheep, sheep. there are. Um, yeah, it was isolating. Like you grow up expecting the world to be a certain way, right? New Zealand's quite a young country, so things work differently than the rest of the world. We have like a, I mean, a terrible, I don't know why I went straight here, but our banks work in a very simple way. We've never had checkbooks, right? That's a good way to be. Oh, it's great. But everybody else in the world is like, you didn't have a checkbook. Oh my God. Like, oh my God. We're so jealous. I cannot write good 
checks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, because we don't have checks, my handwriting is terrible. Yeah, and so you grow up on, and you grow up with this perspective that nature is everywhere and there's mountains and you can just walk into the bush and you won't get eaten alive by anything because there's no dangerous animals there. And then you go overseas and everything wants to kill you. And uh, Oh, but you're just talking about Australia. Oh, yeah, that. But <laughs> everywhere. Like the Netherlands, overseas. actually, I moved, I moved to the probably the most benign country I mm-hmm. could have gone to. The Netherlands has nothing but water. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, um, but that can be scary. Yeah, but you grow up in this world where you're really sheltered, right? The police in New Zealand don't have guns. Like the first time I saw a gun was the first, like in the US. And that's a weird experience growing up because you expect it to be that way. So I think we were quite sheltered but it's nice as well i think we're very naive about the world in that way did that make you an internet boy yeah (laughs) but well the problem is when you're in a country like that yeah you can either talk to people who were there or the whole world and i grew up you know i in the late 90s we got like a 56k internet connection and it was like hourly rated and suddenly i could talk to people in america it was it was just a weird experience and i think in New Zealand, we embrace the internet way harder than any country just because mm. we're so far away. Mm. We're one of the only countries that the government pays to give fiber to everybody. What? Interesting. Yeah. So, like, oh, cool. if you want fiber at your house, you just order it and the government will fix it. It might take 10 years, but it, like, you're <laughs> yeah. on the list. Like, <laughs> I was like, there's some but good things and some bad things here. Right. But you'll never pay for it yourself. Interesting. Cool. So, it's, it's cool in that regard. But, yeah, I so, guess, yeah, sheltered. What did you get into? <laughs> I was really into StarCraft mm, nice. for a long time. Uh, I used to play StarCraft on dial-up. I would dial up to the server to play with like the Koreans. Yeah. And they're hardcore, man. Like, yeah, I, didn't I was going to say, I did win. you win? I didn't win shit, but man, <laughs> I had fun. Uh, Do you no, play StarCraft too? Yeah, I played so much of that. I had, I mean, I was, I studied at university in New Zealand and that came out. You studied was, StarCraft two at university? Yeah, that's, we had a StarCraft two degree. Um, <laughs> no, but I would stay up all night playing that and. Yeah, I think it was part of that. The first thing I discovered on the internet wasn't so much the internet. It was like, I can play games with other people. Korean specifically. Yeah, only Korean. Well, only because Korea is the lowest latency server from New Zealand. Yeah. Um, (laughs) So I couldn't play with a North American. So like the only thing that you had in common was like GG, (laughs) GG, WP, like good game. Yeah. Hey man, it's the language of the world. Everyone gets it. I didn't know what else they were saying. They're probably just saying like noob, like the whole time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was fun. That's my experience with uh, Overwatch these days. If you get up at, oh. like late on a weekend night or early on a weekend morning or something, right? If you happen to be up. Yep, on the Europe servers, no. <laughs> Korean servers. Oh yeah, Overwatch is weird at night though. Uh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so you got into games. Yeah, I like games. Um, yeah, that was my first experience of the internet. That and MSN. I don't think you guys really had it. In we had MSN. Yeah, but it was more AOL here, right? That was the... Um, so I, I got into MSN first because of Hotmail. Yeah. Oh, yeah, true. And, and it was there. Like several of my jobs used a variation right. of MSN Messenger for right. their like internal chat. So that was cool. a thing. Did you use that like nudge to get people's attention? That annoying thing where you could vibrate the window? I actually don't remember that. Ooh. I think they probably came after the transition. It was just like a very ugly butterfly and like mm. the blue and green people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not a huge fan of that. And I when your connection AOL was bad, it like flapped, like the butterfly flapped mm-hmm. forever. That was, yeah. Oh, it's, like, it's so, soothing. This someone like thought PTSD. they were making like hilarious loading states. So like, oh my right. God, look at this attention to detail. I miss those kinds of This is the hottest mail. <laughs> they built 
like freaking 4D butterflies for loading states. <laughs> and now that we is. just have spinners. It's a bummer. That is, yeah. It yeah. is. Like, it was so cool back then. Yeah. My favorite, oh, my favorite, I don't know why I'm bringing this up, but I don't know. <laughs> it's just a very specific detail on this thing. Do you know what this show's called? Design Details. Nailed it. Well, I've got a good design You're detail. I'm very curious how many of your audience remember this thing. Um, so on Windows 98, <laughs> we're like going down a niche uh-huh. rabbit hole. There was this browser bundled with it. I can't remember what it was called. Maybe MSN Explorer. Mm-hmm. Was it like it was not an Internet Explorer? It was like the weird MSN themed one that looked like Messenger and had crazy icons and a butterfly thing. If we look up pictures, you'll be like, "Oh wow!" You like you'll remember it. And all you could access through it was like Windows Live stuff. <laughs> wow! But it no. was dope. I, it had so many bezels and like everything was all glittery. Oh, the bezels! It was amazing and all the details. Well, that was Windows ninety five. Yeah, oh, I miss days. those days. It'd take me back. There you go. Bring back Scott Forstall, I say. Oh. <laughs> Are you there. listening, Tim? <laughs> yeah, come on, Tim. We know what went wrong. Uh, <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, so anyway, I, I just miss that like weird um, yeah. sheen stuff you used to have. When did anyway. you start making stuff on on the internet? Computers or the internet? Oh, that's a good question. I used to, I used to be so into Adobe Flash. Like, I'm not a designer, to be clear. Like, I'm one of those people who just tinkers a lot and just makes stuff and, like, mm. pretends that I can glue it together. I remember... That's what design is. Perfect. Yeah, but that's, Nailed it. that's it, except I don't have that in my product time. Oh, right we now. just like to nudge things a lot yeah, longer we just than, click... than we need to. Right. We just do it for the fun of nudging. Right. Exactly. For the it's love like of nudge. The pleasure of nudging. Yeah. <laughs> but So, really, I should have used that MSN feature. Exactly. But there you go. Oh, my goodness. Bring it back. Can you imagine if iMessage had this like nudge thing where you could like shake anyway? The the things <laughs> it's that we sending someone a message because right. it vibrates. But imagine phone. if you could do it to remind them. Uh, Tim Cookie, you, listening. You, you gotta do those like uh, whatever the reactions or whatever. Oh, did you see the new one where you can do echo and you can just send an emoji and it just like multiplies it cr- itself across the screen? What? No, it's incredible. But... Technology has done amazing things. Okay, so <laughs> what was the question? When did you, you said you were into Flash? Oh yeah, so Macromedia, remember them. They released this, re- released this thing called Flash, and mm-hmm. I could not. All I wanted to do when Flash came out was make a website where this amazing thing happened, and you push the 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 enter button. Like you can make this whole page and the whole thing happen, then you'd enter the website. Let alone you hadn't seen shit yet, but you were just going in. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I really wanted to do that. So the I experience spent, awaits. Yeah, I spent years trying to figure that out and like learn Action Script, and that I thought was useless at the time, but it turned out to be JavaScript with macrometer's name on it uh but it was yeah i I remember very distinctly thinking oh this is the future of websites it's gonna be so cool you can animate things and then it died (laughs) i I spent so many i think every possible person in web at least touched it once right that's why when people ask what should i learn right it's like Eh. or or, no 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 sorry not that (laughs) it's like should i learn react yeah it's like well, well, Flash died, so no. It's useful now. Yeah. It's very popular. Yeah. You will learn interesting things by doing it. It right. will let you build interesting things. Right. But don't hinge your career on that specific <laughs> set of APIs, right? Exactly. And that's... Adobe Flash was amazing. I think they just... Adobe Macromedia Flash, whatever you want to call it. And Dreamweaver, remember that? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so, so dramatic. Uh, you had a whole dramatic <laughs> like macromedia access just, all these i mean fireworks yeah. is pretty good fireworks was amazing that's still like a delicate topic i feel like in many industries i feel mm-hmm. like that died very dramatically mm-hmm. um but i think 
they don't get credit for building a tool that inspired a whole generation of people to do weird shit on the internet. And even if it wasn't good, I don't think it was good. Uh, I gave probably 80,000 people a virus at least once, but <laughs> at least I did it cool. So that's all that matters. You know? <laughs> when I was style. Yeah, yeah. And they pushed an enter button to get it. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But <laughs> yeah, I, I think that was the first thing that made me realize that anybody can do stuff. And coding wasn't as scary as it seemed and it was chill and all of those things so yeah that chill thing. coder boy yeah and then i didn't didn't do it for a long time like yeah i not? thought like wow it's suddenly you're a grown-up and you want to do career things i was like i want to do networking oh like, i'm gonna go plug cables into shit oh i thought you meant like going to meetups. oh no the, no that would be more exciting this is more like i'm gonna go into your server room and meet some computers it yeah so I did that instead, and it killed the magic for a very long time. Yeah, why? That's so, such a dramatic difference. Well, it's like one of those things where I think... It seems like a good idea. You're like, oh, I like computers. I'll do computers. I'll do the thing where I get to plug in enormous computers to each other. Um, no, it's like one of those things you go to school, and then you go to the career guy or girl, but usually guy, because it's the IT guy, which is really sad. But you'd go there, and you would be like, Oh, well, what should I do? What jobs are there that pay? And Oh, yeah, well, networking <laughs> or coding were the two answers. And creative stuff, I think, back then was not as encouraged yet. Like Adobe Flash was probably the biggest mm. thing back then. And, and I think a lot of my perspectives come from New Zealand as well. Like New Zealand was not up with the coding things or any of that mm-hmm. um, back then. Yeah. So, yeah. So I did that for a while. Okay. Is this like, like servers and in high school, college? Yeah. Like when I graduated, that was my first job is I would go to giant enterprise companies and put a big box in their room and make it talk. People totally discount how hard that job is actually. Like everybody's thinking the cloud is amazing and AWS, you can just- There's like, someone managing that cloud. There's literally yeah, some yeah. dude sitting, uh, dude or girl, do person <laughs> yes humans human well being. maybe maybe humans even there's a human in a server room like a white server room if you can imagine he or she is putting a box in the rack plugging it in and then messaging somebody else to do something else like that is the cloud it's somebody else's server there's yeah. somebody in a room mm-hmm. plugging in things other things uh and i think it's <laughs> it wasn't for me in the end, <laughs> but it's totally underrated that the internet is just a bunch of physical shit that somebody's, mm-hmm. I would never, if you're going to go start a company, you're not going to go and like <laughs> buy a server. I need and- some boxes <laughs> full of spinning discs with magnets. And then I want to put, I need yeah, a good air circulation. A yeah. I'm going to get a raised flooring. I have to worry about earthquake. Like those are things I used to worry about. And I just realized it wasn't for me. And the only thing that people in that industry ever get noticed for is when it's broken mm-hmm. <laughs> so every time aws is down, it's like there's eighty thousand people fired but no like that's the reality is it's just a crazy job it's not very creative either so mm-hmm. but I, when you go to the creative careers advisor of, of course they're telling you about the things that can make money mm-hmm. and that's one of them and then coding and i ended up there so yeah. how long did you stick it out <sighs> too long yeah <laughs> um yeah i did it for like I left school really early, so I, I was one of those kids who thought I was too smart and did the computer class above the level I was in so I could leave early. Uh, so I did it for like four or five years. I, I, I went around New Zealand. I did a bunch of servery things. Um, and at some point I realized, okay, why would I want to do this anymore? I think it was four or five years in. 
that was about the time that Amazon made this cloud thing and everybody was getting very excited. And I think I thought, whew, there won't be many of me around anymore. Then I realized after the fact that, oh, maybe there were, <laughs> there's a lot more of me. Uh, but I didn't, I didn't want to do it anymore. It's, it's that thing where you're in the closet until something's broken, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Nobody cares. Yeah. So, so yeah. what next? Oh, you were um, still in New Zealand it gets at the time. More at this and more point. convoluted as you go on. Okay. Yes. So, still in New Zealand. Um, I moved into front end development <laughs> naturally because Adobe Flash. No, uh, I wanted to do that for a long time. But at this point, I'd always been writing on the side for like weird, nerdy things. Uh, like what? <laughs> I don't want to say it on a microphone. <laughs> Neopets fan blogs? Well, oh, actually, I, I Starcraft miss. zines. No, uh, it's just as bad. I wrote about Microsoft Windows. Mm. <laughs> there's actually this crazy website i mean there is a niche for it right like TechCrunch. no it's neowin.net they literally write like windows 7 leaks it's like the daring fireball for windows yeah yeah it's like that and they're hoping <laughs> they're hoping one day somebody will give them the credit they deserve <laughs> but no i wrote about it. like i was so into that world i i didn't own a mac i didn't know anything about it so that was my world and so i wrote about that for a long time and I guess I found a weird niche in the Windows world. Uh-huh. Ooh. Um, and so I've been doing that on the side uh, for a long time. And then at some point it just got big, right? And somebody mm. said to me, what if you got paid to review iPhones for money? I was like, wait, people do that? People, wait, really? Is that a scam? No, it wasn't. Like, And I'd been doing it. And so I got hired um, to do it at this company called The Next Web. Mm-hmm. Uh, nice. uh, yeah, and so I wrote about, I actually wrote full-time there about stuff for a long time. Um, gadgets. Gadgets, and but the interesting thing, I don't know if you read TechCrunch and The Verge and all these things, and I don't mean to be mean about them or anything, mm-hmm. but most of those people don't work in tech. They never really worked in tech. They're just people who ended up writing about tech. They're journalists. Yeah, they're right? writers first. Yeah, yeah, and so if something big comes out, a good example is maybe like Apple released the Swift thing and like, it was a coding language and that came out and nobody knew shit. Like nobody knew what it meant in that industry. And so uh, I was working at the next wave at the time and I could connect the dots because I did both. Um, and so being able to do that, I think was really killer. Uh, of course. Yeah. I don't know where I'm going with this. How, but did, how did it work at the next wave? I've always been curious about the writers <laughs> who do that kind of work. Right. You just get shit handed to you oh all my the time. God. Like, so I said, do that- this and write, your thoughts and then do you keep the thing? Do you have a drawer oh, full of devices so, sitting somewhere? It depends. It depends on the organization. So a lot of the time it's weird. You you really have to beg for devices, right? First of all, unless you're the verge, like you get handed shit on a silver platter if you're the verge. But for us, it was like, you have to have a relationship with somebody. You have to like mm-hmm. know them and they have to think of you mm-hmm. as the person. Um, so it takes years to cultivate. And I spent years working on Apple, Google, and a couple of other ones. And for a small site like the Next Web, I mean, they're not TechCrunch. It's a different mm-hmm. amount of traffic. When we finally got that access, it was groundbreaking for us. But yeah, you, you still have to remind them you exist, right? Because the audience isn't as big. But yeah, the answer is... Yes, sort of. Um, a lot of the time you'll get a device and it has a like time on it. Like you have to give it back at X. And then you start asking, like, where do I send this? And they're like, eh. and you're like, what that. do I do with it? And then it ends up in a drawer. Any journalist that, I'm going to say this and then I'm going to get 80,000 journalists being like, I have integrity. I don't do that. But <laughs> any journalist that tells you they send everything back, ask them how many phones they have in the yeah, drawer. Yeah. Every journalist I know at least like they'll have at least 20 phones in their drawer 
Um, I had all sorts of weird shit in my drawers. I have like in New Zealand, I mean, I moved, so I had to get rid of everything, but I had like prototype Nokia hardware from back when they pivoted from their own thing to mm-hmm. Windows Phone. I had that mm-hmm. shit around. I have weird phones with the Stephen logos. Elop era. Yeah, that's the one. Oh, that guy's so weird. Yeah. Ugh. Anyway, so I had all of those things. Um, but yeah, you get a lot of weird stuff. You get prototypes. You get a lot of like stuff that's just not finished, and then they don't know what to do with it. Yeah. And you can't. You're not allowed to give it away either because it's a prototype. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You're not allowed to sell it because that would be yeah seriously bad. bad. Um, and so you just end up with this weird draw of artifacts. What was yeah. your in at the next web? How did what that? How did that even happen? I think it was like four or five years of writing. I think. So I think I lucked out so on one So we skipped thing. over this part. Yeah, yeah. The part so, where you became a writer. So I wrote for a long time. I never, to be very clear, never expected to do this. Never expected to write anything. Never even thought it would be interesting. Um, never planned to write. Hated English in school. But I always liked blogging. I, I don't know. Like, blogging seemed cool. I, I was right after that time when I feel like a bunch of people got famous from Blogspot. Or like, all of those things. If you were big on Blogspot, it seems like you're on Malik or you're... Mm-hmm. whoever mm-hmm. um and i just missed that boat because i didn't know what blogspot was in new zealand right mm-hmm. like uh and so i remember i think the pivotal thing for me and i he probably has no idea do you know this guy dustin curtis he yeah. launched that thing subtle yeah. subtle yep. right and at with some a point v. yeah subtle with a v it's still there subtle mm-hmm. with a v.com <laughs> that's what you type just subtle with a v i spent a good year trying to figure out how to say that and he he was he it was like invite only for mm-hmm. I think five years or something. It was a long time, and somehow I think it was one of those things where he invited all his famous friends. That was like how you got on it. Yep. And I was on the wait list for a long time and whatever. And I just emailed him and I said, "Hey man, I would just love to try this thing. Like, can I? I'm just a rando person from New Zealand." Uh, can I blog on your thing? And he asked me for a sample of some description. I sent him one and he gave me an invite. And like there were 28 people on it or something at this point. So there was a circle of people who could talk on it and they had a homepage that this is pre-medium, right? Yeah. They they were yeah, the yeah. first one that was consistent and beautiful and amazing. And they got a ton of traffic Yeah, because there was nothing else. So was Everything huge. else yeah. was terrible. Uh, and so I started writing there a lot. And this is before I got the next web gig. Um, so it just got noticed. I ended up on like, daring fireball a few times because he was reading the front page and mm-hmm. so on um and then that's how i think i ended up at the next web but like i only came to the realization about this maybe six months ago i forgot about subtle being part of it because it was just such a weird era i feel like subtle was there for five minutes before medium became a thing um because it's, it's a bummer actually because subtle could have been something mm-hmm. i still kind I of i keep is. seeing him tweet like seems as though he's interested in picking it up right i mean there's a space for it still but I think I lucked out just because of that like sheer early hype. Um, and I blogged there for a long time. It's embarrassingly very online still. <laughs> What'd you write about? Just all of these things. Technology, I, yeah, but I, I, you know, I was like that weird Windows nerd. And then I started expanding my horizons, realizing like people were really interested in technology. But the biggest problem that tech people had was explaining to everybody else that it's cool to them, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, pre-iPhone... People were busy explaining why you had to get email on a phone, right? Why that was interesting. I was mm-hmm. that, oh, it's so embarrassing. I was that kid who bought like 
a palm pilot to school, <laughs> right? At, like I had the stylus yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. Like, Look how cool my stylus is. I got everyone. email on my phone. And, well, <laughs> I get I get one email a week. What do you need that for? Yeah. So, but it was that time when it was all just getting weird, right? Yeah, everybody, yeah. everybody was kind of interested. BlackBerry was happening overseas. It didn't really happen in New Zealand, but it was happening overseas. And then, yeah, I just lucked out. The next web solicited me for many years i didn't think i wanted to work in that it seemed like a weird way to niche yourself into a like no job (laughs) Mm -hmm. because writing isn't like the most glorious career ever um everybody knows the media industry is dying um but it's also one of those industries that you need them so bad because if you make a great product and forget to tell people about it or use shit words yep it's like yep yeah it's really hard Mm -hmm. so uh yeah and I got hired by them. I worked there for two glorious years, half remote from my house in New Zealand and then h- half from Amsterdam where they're actually based, mm-hmm. uh, which nobody knows. I didn't know that. Yeah, nobody knows. Um, they have a conference there and everything. That's how the whole thing's funded. Fun. Um, but yeah, at some point, shall I just keep going on the media yeah. spiel? Okay. So, yeah, you did two years and then what? Yeah, so I did two years and then the media industry is just going right now. Mm-hmm. Like, Everybody's using Adblock, let's be honest. Like I, using I use Adblock. Oh, Adblock, yeah. yeah. I'm like yeah. using it, yeah. <laughs> I've had one for years. Uh, and the, nobody knows how to monetize it, right? Mm-hmm. It's always been a scale game. So how many bajillions of hits can you get? How much juxtapositioning can you do to like make it seem like it's more? Um, Native ads. Yeah, it's like it's like an ad, but not. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like not a, it's like an ad, but instead of like showing it with the content, we'll actually yeah. slide the content out of the way and show right. you behind that it. That thing. Yeah. Remember that? Fuck yeah. That. Won't say anything about that. Uh-huh. <laughs> I will. But native ads. <laughs> I'll say it for you. Can't ad block those. But yeah, native ads are like, how can we trick people? <laughs> like that's the fundamental problem with it. But that's when the media industry started getting weird and they also started getting weird with um, how they scaled as well. So to compensate, they would, instead of like fixing the problem, they'd just ask for more content, right? Mm-hmm. So, okay, well, an ad is only four cents instead of eight cents. So that means our writer should write 10 times as much to get the same amount of money for us, but they'll never see any of that money. Uh, and so you end up in this like quantity versus quality game, um, which bumps me out a lot. I mean, if you look at any of the leading tech blogs today or any of the leading places actually there's a whole section that's like two paragraphs long each yeah and it'll be like whatsapp changed the hue of green yep right and shit ton of people click on it for sure but they don't go away feeling anything Mm -hmm. um and i think that just killed me like i burnt out on that i was so over man i used to write oh it's such a bummer like the things you do when you have to write for somebody else are just like, it's heartbreaking as somebody who was so excited about it all those years ago. Mm-hmm. And then you end up writing about like, WhatsApp has video calling now. Just click the video icon and download the app. Up. Yeah. It's just like the saddest thing ever. Like that's what, what like the update notes are for, right? Um, you are a release notes distributor. Yeah, that's me. I'm like the PR. Yeah. And I worked so hard to get these relationships and that that side of it was really fun. And I really enjoyed telling people why, you know, Swift was a big deal and all of those kind of things. But that just gets discounted in that world. Um, so I stopped doing that. And then I thought I was burnt out on writing. Um, <laughs> it's always this like weird return to glory. Sorry. No. So I thought I was burnt out on writing. I wanted to go back tech. And um, for the last year I worked at a bike company. Amazing, by the way, super like 
okay, how offline can I go? Mm -hmm. uh, how Dutch can I go? <laughs> yeah, like, That's the better question. Every conversation I start, people are like, what do you do? And I'm like, well, let me prepare you. It's the most Dutch thing possible. Um, but yeah, it was a bike company. They were trying to be in a technology industry. Um, really fun thing to do. Yeah, and I ran their technology for the last year. So that was really fun. But then I realized I just missed writing so much that I was doing it every other hour I was awake. Jeez. So, <laughs> you know. I think I said right at the start, like this overlapping technique thing. Mm -hmm. um, I thought that was the thing. Like, wait, I don't actually think we got the definition of the overlapping. Oh, thing. Yeah, we did. did we? Sure, we did. Yep. Uh, where you have a full time job and you oh, like oh, still yeah, freelance. Shit. On the you're side. right. It's like the thing you do while you're. Yeah, I was paying attention. I promise. Yeah, it's very warm in here. So it is very it's warm like in here. Hot in San Francisco. Yeah, so. it's a thing that happens yeah. in this it gets room warm. particularly. Yeah, it's because of that trash can in the corner. Oh right. yeah, it's that Mac Pro. It's mm -hmm. heating the whole. Yeah. Anyway, so. Uh, Okay, so you're overlapping. Uh, yeah, so I, I did that for a long time. I just realized, holy crap, like people are paying me for this. I really enjoy it. I'm doing it in just an hour or two a day. Uh, maybe I can make a living off it. And so, you know, I enjoyed this bike technology job a lot. But at some point, I think I realized I want to be my own boss or do my own thing or mm -hmm. I don't know, find my own path. It's there, very so. enticing. Yeah, totally. And at some point, you're like, wow, I can wake up every day and do what I want. And then you're like, well, I'll have no money <laughs> unless I do that. But <laughs> yep. yeah, so you can do whatever you want. You still have oh, to do man. the stuff, but now you have to be like the whole motivator. Yeah. <laughs> Before it was like, I drove it, but didn't give a shit what money I made from it. Um, and now it's like completely flipped on its head. But I love that because it's so easy to be comfortable. Mm -hmm. It's so easy to wake up every day and go to your salary thing and do like, do a job but coast yeah and it's like i'm you you can justify giving 70 percent, but in your head you're like oh yeah i'm giving 100 percent for sure yeah an hour on facebook every day mm -hmm. but but you're you're really i think when you work for yourself probably as you know like it's just such a yeah it's like do or die basically mm -hmm. you have to do it um and <laughs> ask me in a year. I'll probably be like, oh, why, why did I do God. this? Like, you guys are literally, you have, me, so you have me on day one when yeah, I'm yeah, super yeah. excited about it. Um, day 365, you will have bags under your eyes. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. I haven't eaten in three days. Yeah, but I guess what I'm saying is um, with the overlap thing, at least I got like validation that I can do it. Uh, I realized the skills I had and I realized how I could use them. Well, I think that's a really common problem in our industries right people having side projects and not knowing when's the right time to do it full-time yeah or even realizing it can be full-time yeah so like this idea of validating it right simultaneously like yeah was there a tipping point for you that what's interesting is like okay this is full was it a financial projection or, or more of a, a <laughs> full-time is not the point either right yeah yeah, yeah. full-time is like a word you use for careers things yeah yeah so i guess when i say full-time it's more about not being full-time yeah you know it, yeah. It was, at some point i realized like shit i don't have to work 40 hours or like more yeah my full-time job is sleeping i yeah right freelance on the side yeah exactly so <laughs> sleeping eating watching tv it's like a lifestyle choice i think and yeah, I mean, there's a whole other thing where I started a newsletter, which we haven't even yeah, got yeah, into. We'll, yeah, get, charge we'll, tech. we'll get to that. Um, but all of those things, I think, added up to being, I think it was just like a self-confidence thing. I think you have to get over this bar where you're like, oh my God, you don't have to get paid to live. Like, you don't need a consistent paycheck to get by. If you're smart, if you save, if you, I don't know. I'm sure you've talked to many freelancers, but for me, it was such a mental hurdle. I'd always had a paycheck coming in. I've mm. always done that. And I never had this position where I had to like fend for myself. I don't know. I, 
<laughs> the confidence part's an interesting one. Like I think yeah. so when I don't I guess I won't speak for Bryn, but like when I left my last job at right. Facebook to do this, it was right. there was a lot of that consideration. It was a little bit scary to be giving up what you're giving up and then the <sighs> My dentist of, isn't at my office anymore. <laughs> Dude, Damn it. Like those things are they they yeah. hook you in. You have to make lunch yourself. Uh I make lunch for him. There you go. <laughs> There's the secret. Yeah, yeah. I still haven't learned how to make lunch. <laughs> um, that's not a joke. <laughs> I, I do Brent make lunch. Literally made right. lunch for me today while I wait. Chef on the couch. executive <laughs> officer. There you go. Yeah. Anyways, uh, this yeah. is <laughs> more on that. He's like, tangent, do wanna, he's like, like, do you want to go get lunch? What if I make it? Okay, I'm going to take a nap. <laughs> like, you piece of shit. <laughs> I, I didn't actually take a nap. I just laid on the couch on my right bed. with your eyes with your eyes closed. <laughs> Oh dear! This is how we work together. <laughs> it's perfect. It works so well. Uh, the confidence thing, though, yeah. I think is interesting. And well, it's like this thing where you're trained, I think, your whole life to assume that there's like to survive, you need a salary. I don't. Know, mm. I don't know. I always grew up in a family like my family. My dad works in a factory, right? Like, has he done that for twenty? Yeah, or like so thirty years. years. Yeah, like yeah, you yeah, should. Yeah. You should be thankful to have mm-hmm. your salary. And I like. I didn't grow up. You go one rich, place and you're there. Like, yeah, right. And you should stick with it. And it was such a complex. It's like, oh, wait, you mean some other guy doesn't have to give me money and I, I can make my own f- fortunes in a way? It's just such a weird thing to break out of when you're used to that, I think. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's, it's weird to get past. <laughs> Millennials. But then, but then, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, that's what I wonder, right? Like, I didn't tell my mom yet. Hi, mom. Uh, <laughs> But uh, it's all right. You have a week. They come yeah, here yeah. and talk into microphones on their podcast yeah. with their Fox T-shirts and their. But right, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But they were. <laughs> but like, it's a hard thing to explain. Like, I took, I quit a stable job to like find fortunes at random <laughs> on the know? internet. Yeah, like, Mwah. I'm gonna tweet and look for work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so but what's I, your lead gen? Oh, it's this website where there's like Nazis, but also some really cool friends. Yeah, like, I, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Nazis and friends. Oh, the only problem really is, I mean, it's not the number of characters I can write as a writer. It's just that there's Nazis there. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I can block them though. It's fine. Yes. Oh, God. Anyway. <laughs> that, that is a service, Nazi block. So the how do you, how confident do you feel today? Like 90%. I don't, I don't know. It, it varies a lot um today i feel great because it's that weird thing i called drinking yes i did have some <laughs> beers before we came on this you only have water here which is a bummer because i would have had more liquid courage oh. um well it's fine but I, I would have been down for that as well okay well we found that out too late but we are 50 minutes into our podcast <laughs> and oh, <what's laughs> the heavy drinking has started well we'll do this after okay great problem solved uh i <laughs> love it but i guess that's um i feel great like what happens when you go public? And I was, I didn't know, I guess. Go public. Oh my God. <laughs> when you, when you so have your like, personal IPO. Yeah. <laughs> how many? Initial uh, public <laughs> owning. How Alcoins. Al, yes. al, al yeah. my, my token offering. Yeah. Uh, how al, many Alcoins al, did al you coin. buy? I'm worth 12.9 Alcoins. I don't know what that is in claps. <laughs> <laughs> the, the clap to coin ratio yeah. is very uh, confusing. But really good. Like the thing when you announce something like that is you don't know how it's going to go, right? Uh, what I was hoping is when people know that you're available, that it kind of comes out of the woodwork, you know? Like it's one thing going to the market and saying, like, my website says I'm available for freelance, but it also very clearly says I have a job. <laughs> and I've never been 
weird about that. I've always, if somebody comes to me, I'm like, well, I have a job and I have to balance this. But I think when you say I'm freelance, a hundred people suddenly realize they wanted to work with you the whole time, but never did because they thought you didn't have time. Uh, Everyone says they're available for freelance. Yeah, exactly. I, I'm available. I like money. It's like standing by an ATM <laughs> and saying, I like money. I'll take that. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. yeah. I'm yeah, here yeah. if you oh, need anything. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, really nice. It's been, it's been a weird experience. Uh, I wasn't expecting so much just like support, you know, mm-hmm. people, I don't know. I think people realize it's a big jump and there's a lot of courage it takes. We'll see to do it. And then, yeah, I got a lot of emails and stuff. I have to let my inbox is a nightmare. Um, we'll see if any of it's actually worked, but it's cool because suddenly I think people just suddenly associate with you with being available. I suspect the problem might be that people try to just hire you, mm. right? Because they think, oh, well, that's, that guy's mm. freelance. That's code for once looking a, for a new job, yeah, like yeah. once a job. But that's not necessarily <laughs> what I'm here for. We'll but, see. But yeah. that being said, does he want to install servers at my sheep farm? Well, <laughs> yes. There's a lot of sheep. <laughs> like, don't discount it. But I guess that's that's the thing is. If you're, if you're overlapping, it's all well and good. But suddenly when you're available, it's just a different thing. And a lot of companies don't want to hire people who are like overlapping, I think. That's mm-hmm. a, like for Ikea, I imagine, like, I don't know. But it's a different equation if you're available to go to Sweden and make chatbots. I, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, but That yeah. sounds like you just picked two random things and stuck them together. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Ikea, like, if you if you're in uh, 2004 and you're listening to this, technology mad lives. Yes, if you're in 2004, yes. Yeah, exactly. Well, it happens, right? I've seen movies. <laughs> You've seen Lost. Yeah, uh, but yeah, so really good. I'm I'm just excited. I think, um, and I realized also through this whole process that you don't need the perceived salary that you made to do your job. Mm-hmm. Or to live, sorry. Mm-hmm. You you can probably live on less and half the money you spend is probably on being at work anyway. Going out for drinks, doing whatever. Whereas if you're at home and you're like being conscious, I think that's a different equation as well. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, the decision it was very easy at this point. It was like, I don't own a house. I don't own, have, I don't own kids. <laughs> I don't <laughs> I didn't possess yeah, any I children. I don't have kids. <laughs> the only thing I'm responsible for is my cat. Uh, and he'll let me know if there's anything wrong yeah like i don't have i'm at this point where i can risk it at least and the worst that can happen is like i have to apply for some jobs yeah so that's a good failure kid. yeah it's it's nice so we'll see and you also you. have a thing on the side uh newsletter it's like the least sexy thing when you say it like that you've got this side you've, you've got a newsletter mm-hmm. oh yeah <laughs> tell me about your email yeah, digest you... <laughs> <laughs> yeah so that was i guess that was part of why i ended up here and I actually had this other realization today that my email newsletter was this weird fight or flight response to two years ago. I think I've been doing it for two years, 150 issues. No, that'll be three years. I've done it every week for almost three years. That's weird. The most consistent thing. Yeah. The most, (laughs) (laughs) well, yeah. So (laughs) I missed many, but it adds up and I can just say it. Uh, But, (laughs) but uh, I guess the thing with that is, I had this fight or flight thing two or three years ago where I was thinking Twitter's going to die. I feel like everybody's thinking Twitter's perpetually going to die and it still Mm -hmm. hasn't and we're all waiting to be put out of our misery or something. (laughs) (laughs) Every day I log on and I'm like, oh my God, people are still here. Jack, make it stop. Yeah, Jack, please. (laughs) Now it's 280 characters, so our misery will be twice as long. Yeah, yeah. But 
I had this realization Twitter owned all of that, right? Like, I'm on Twitter. I had somehow accidentally built a following of Microsoft nerds. <laughs> Uh, and I wanted to be able to at least like port that somewhere else. At least like mm-hmm. I wanted to be able to reproduce it or use that or hang out with those people somewhere else even. Not even just use it. It was just about I liked those people. <laughs> and if Twitter died suddenly, I wouldn't be able to hang out. Like Twitter had been responsible for jobs. It had been mm-hmm. responsible for stuff like this. And I wanted to do something with it. So I started this email newsletter and literally the first episodes of it, episodes, editions, whatever, which is brain dumps of here's something cool I found and here's why it matters. And it just grew crazy. I mean, it's not 100,000 people on it, but I have like 15,000 people who read it every week. It's 60% open rate. I don't get it. Mm-hmm. Like that's crazy in the email yeah. world. Um, but email works. That's the creepy thing is RSS died in <laughs> that time. And getting news is just annoying and it's just full on on Twitter and all of those things. So if you can cut through that, that's my tagline. <laughs> <laughs> but if you can get through the noise, I think that's really valuable. So, so I have lots of questions specifically around that because Ooh. I'm wondering if much like blogspot days or mm-hmm. there's a time window for all these right. things. And it seems to me that yeah. we are in a time window right now where <laughs> everybody yeah. has an email newsletter. That's weird, isn't it? It it has some like retro nostalgia yeah, to it's it. Like, email's the vinyl of like blogs mm-hmm. yes <laughs> it's like you go to, there's a tagline that's good you go to, that's yeah good. that's gonna be the name of this podcast episode, and right? blogs are the cd tapes Tape. of twitter <laughs> <laughs> i love this i love this metaphor yeah like email was in vogue i think because everybody realized we're in this phase right now where everything's being algorithmized you know mm-hmm. if you go on facebook you don't own it you can't reach those people there's no guarantee unless you put a coin into the slot that you'll reach them and with email you just can guarantee it like mm-hmm. you're gonna get to them um, and i think everybody's realizing that right now is every website no matter what you do there's going to be an algorithm at some point because they're going to monetize and with email just nobody owns it it's perfect and it's not a website because a website you have to like convince people to go there mm-hmm. like i have to type theverge.com into my browser every time. instead of hitting a button and being like yeah. It's all my stuff for Owen. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Owen folder. Charge tech folder. <laughs> and yeah, the simple the simple idea was, yeah, well, what if I could reach people in just a personal way, right? So what if I could write people an email and just feel like I have a relationship with them? I know it's not exactly genuine, but people can reply to me. Like to this day, I have like that many people subscribing, but it's still my real email address yeah, on the yeah, other yeah. side of it. And that part of it really works um i think email is just going through a renaissance because of that algorithm thing is that impacting you the fact that (laughs) it is like good or bad yeah i can see the bad being everyone has one so now yours is like kind of lost in fray or everyone has one and yours yeah stands out because it already has right so i think yes and no i think the answer is yes because everybody has one it's fragmenting like crazy and it's hard to be convincing um no because the good ones still stand out and they're the ones that everybody recommends, I think, still. Um, but what I'm trying to do right now is monetize email, which sounds like the most boring. Fascinating. It's Tell like me even more. worse. It's like saying, I'm making Salesforce for cats. Like, it just doesn't make any sense. Whoa. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we'll see. So Can I, I fund that? Yeah. Salesforce I'll, for I'll, cats? Yeah, I'll put half a million. Salesforce. Yeah. Nailed it. Oh! oh! 
<laughs> Boom, that was quick. <laughs> Tails Force. Oh shit. You like this time next year on April uh, this time next year. On April one next year, that's gonna be their gag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's CRM, <laughs> but it's cat relationship manager. Oh. Jesus Christ. We're going deep on this. He's not going to stop. Yeah. See that look on his face it's right gonna now? It's going to come back. It's, it it looks like gonna... he's looking at you, but he's actually not looking at anything. I see it. The steam processing out, puns like in the back of his head. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> I'm Can waiting we, for more. Should, should no, move, no, we, no, go. Should we move on? No. Okay. <laughs> so I'm monetizing email. Why? Because uh, I want people to pay me. Why? No, um, no like, like the simple idea is this. So I have a weekly one. Um, and, and, and I realized that... I think I'm touching on it before, but every blog, The Verge, all of these sites, I'm not like picking on The Verge. It's just the one I read. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, like who reads TechCrunch anymore? Sorry if you're listening from TechCrunch. I know people. <laughs> I guess Tech Meme? Yeah, yeah. So that's, that's like tech, an aggregator, right? Tech, tech yeah, but Tech, tech Meme if, is like, it takes a degree to read that shit. Like that thing is, it's a weird site. Really? So I've, many... I've never looked at it. I oh, just you hear about at Tech it. Meme. It's just like. It's, it's 80,000 links on uh, your yeah, screen. Yeah, imagine nothing but blue Yeah, links. everything's blue. And to go to yesterday's news, you have to type the date into a box. Like, it's just Sick. weird. I love it. And it's just like the best website ever if you're in the industry, because if you know how to use it, you know everything. <laughs> but they, they like f- nailed the niche and then did nothing with it. You should go there. It's amazing. Anyway, so my idea was basically like, if the Verge and all these sites are just churning stuff out, surely ninety percent people, like ninety percent of people, cannot keep up. Like I can't keep up. So does that mean the CEO of DigitalOcean can't keep up? I'm going to almost guarantee the answer is yes. He's not going to go to theverge.com and know what the shit's happening anymore. He probably hears from his friends. And so I figured, like, what if I could send that thing every day with the four things that matter, maybe the three things that matter, tie it all together. I'm not biased because I don't work for any of them, and I just have all the sources, know all the stuff, um, and send that every morning. It's there at 8 o'clock, no matter which time zone you're in, unless you're in New Zealand and you're in the future, so sorry about that. <laughs> the, the email's time, empty yeah, and like, says, coming sorry. soon. Yeah, no, I just make up news for that one. <laughs> <laughs> they like, don't know anyway. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, the idea is basically that. I mean, it sounds really simple on the surface, but what I wanted to make is if you're the executive somewhere or if you're a person who doesn't have time to read the news, you probably can't keep up because those sites just move so fast. Um, so you'll probably pay me a couple of bucks a month if I can get you that in your inbox. Um, and there's a bunch of other stuff around it. Um, it's but- this like perverse side effect of everybody wants your attention all the time. Right. So we are surrounded by flood upon flood of information that then right. gets algorithmically sorted so that you yeah. never have any way to retrieve it in a sensible way, right? Right, exactly. The algorithm's the enemy. Exactly. It's, it's good for advertisers and bad for everyone else. It's them. So, so, I mean, it's the least sexy product ever, but what I ended up building around it was just like a whole platform for it. Um, it doesn't exist. Like, there's no... There's these membershipy things that exist out there, but most of them are about, like, restricting content you know, like a blog post, you mm-hmm. convince people to pay and then you get access to a blog post or an ebook or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I thought, what if you made a thing where people can sign up? There's like profiles and everything because at some point I want to make it that you can see the other people in the newsletter as well. I want to like bring the community part into the inbox. Mm-hmm. Um, but for now, it's mostly about the membership and all of those kind of things. It works with chat tool, um, all that. 
but yeah, so the idea is to try and drag email into the 21st century. And actually, the product I built on the like the nerdy details, just because I want to tell you, because it's mm-hmm. pretty cool. Uh, usually, you'd use something like Mailchimp, right? You'd go in there and slam a bunch of words into it, uh, send the email, and then you get this like really crap archive page. And every email that you get forwarded is like you have this shitty archive page, and it's like email is so like if you want to go to 1998, just make an email template. <laughs> It's the saddest thing ever. You can't use web fonts. You can't do shit with images. Tables can't use shorthand. Yeah. 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 You have to inline CSS. Mm -hmm. And if it's over a hundred kilobytes, everything goes to shit. Like it's terrible. And so I thought like, what if you can make it that you start with the web and you just degrade depending on where it is. And so I built this thing that uh, you slam it into a CMS and then you push a button and the CMS poops it out into MailChimp and the like mail friendly format. And it all links to bits inside the web version. So I'm trying to like modernize email with hacks. Cool. Uh, we'll see. Yeah. It's in private beta right now. Interesting. Uh, email's so unsexy. Like every time I describe it, I'm like, it's email. Uh, but I think that- It's email, but you pay for it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you pay for email. But That's the, enticing. Yeah, exactly. But I think it's also about the community part. So like growing a bunch of people who have the same interests, it's weird because that part is most interesting to people. Um, but- what I want to do is tie both together, right? Mm-hmm. Like those, uh, I miss the comments on news. Like it bums me out that the New York Times removed it because there's so many Nazis in it. Like that's a problem. But what I've noticed is if people are willing to pay for it, they're actually pretty thoughtful commenters. And so I just don't understand why websites like TechCrunch or The Verge or New York Times doesn't just make you pay a dollar to make a comment one time and then you're good. Yeah. Like it'll put off most of the Nazis, I think. Yeah. Those guys don't have dollars. Well, they don't. Yeah. But it's just like a mental barrier. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and so I hope to surface that as well. I want to bring that back. Basically. Interesting. Mm. I miss comments. I always read them. I f- yeah. 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 Cause it I, got weird in there. Uh, it used to be huge. I mean, like on the design blogs I used to follow, like yeah. coming into this world, design the, and news. the comments were where the interesting <laughs> things happened. I love design and news. Not it's like a parody for of me, but, but for me, it used to be like, the, just to the, leave that it doesn't blogs, mean to be that the <laughs> blogs themselves right? right like it used to be that yeah then. yeah but like you would get really thoughtful shit mixed in with the bad stuff mm-hmm. and that's what i miss is like when i was growing up on the internet i learned so much from really smart weirdos who were commenting if i had a question about an article i assumed it, was, it would be done in yeah the it's always in the comments yeah. and i mean even i still read hacker news and mm-hmm. designer news and stuff because there's always at least one thing buried in there mm-hmm and I feel like there's a way to bring that back, just yep. not showing the frickin' fire hose of it. Yeah, I agree. There's stuff buried in there. Yeah. I like I peruse the comments occasionally. There's, there's gold in the rough. Yeah. Most of Hacker News is just Despite like... Despite Bryn's... The very, very He's like rough. rolling his eyes so hard. I was like, ooh, you guys... I read the comments. I have too much Gluttons time. for punishment. Yeah, my freelance is going to go so well. I'll be reading Hacker News comments all the time. I want to ask you about having a following. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Go. I mean... Yeah, I think the reasons why you'd want to have an audience are pretty clear. Mm-hmm. So maybe we can just focus more on the tactical stuff. Yeah. How did you get an email newsletter with 15,000 people on it? <laughs> a lot is of it, patience. Is, yeah. Yeah, like, it's weird. I I don't know if it was one thing. I think I'm trying to think of, like, one easy answer for that because I think that's this always one the, weird trick this will one, yeah. make you... A, It'll give email you, superstar. Yeah. yeah, exactly. This one weird trick with the Facebook. Yeah, that's. I get that vision every time. I yeah, think. Yeah, yeah. Ugh. Taboola.com. Anyway. <laughs> oh my god. I overheard two guys. Dude, I thought you had ad block. Yeah, I overheard two guys in a bar tonight, like 
talking about how they worked at Tabula, and I wanted to be like, whoa, you actually work there? People work that's there? A, that's a thing. Like, people willingly do? Anyway, sorry, total distraction. Wait, what was that? <laughs> now I'm thinking about the one weird, oh yeah, one weird trick to grow a following. I don't have an easy one. The biggest one I actually realized recently is just being a human on the internet helps a lot. Like, most of those famous people, I have, I have the same, I fall into the same trap, but being willing to just talk to everybody is one thing I always did. I just replied to everybody. I just never, I was never too cool, I think, was one thing. Um, it's just being there and just conversating. Is that a word? Conver- con- conversing. 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 Conversating sounded really legit. It sounded though. like I was really smart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That sounded like a good <laughs> If we had gone with it, nobody would have known. But someone would have pointed yeah, it out. Yeah, like conversing, conversing yeah. with other people I think is a huge one because they feel like they're part of something. And then- Asking people to do something for you was the other thing. So with the email thing, I used to just tweet it and say like, please retweet. Like, no, not that, but just like, check it out and let me know if you like it or not. And I, in every email I always send is like, if you like this, just forward it to somebody. It's all I ask. Like, just don't do anything else. Just forward it to one person in your address book. It's like your mum's weird email chain thing. But just forward it to one person. That's all I ask of you ever. And I think just those small cues have helped so much over the years i mean it's been gradual and slow the first year like femke asks me all the time like how did you get two thousand people to sign up this is like in the first year and i'm like i don't know <laughs> i just kept going and that was i think what it was it's just like it's consistency yeah showing up Something every like, week and like yeah. she taught me that too like i'm the worst for that stuff but if you keep at it i think it helps a lot i mean it can feel like you're failing because you have 50 or 100 but it grows eventually if you keep showing up mm-hmm um yeah so those are my like one weird tricks are convoluted hard answers <laughs> one weird trick is yeah. do a lot of work consistently for yeah. several years and also ignore the haters like you to do something like this i think you have to have a strong opinion you, probably, you guys probably know you have to have a strong opinion you can't be like uh i don't know i hate apple iphone 10 hackerness comments are fine yeah i like <laughs> i like all comments yeah. is dead inside yeah. <laughs> He said it like so. Yeah, but you have to have an opinion and you don't have to apologize for it, but you don't have to be a douche about it either. Mm-hmm. And uh, I I always, I think I all had a lot of things that people disagreed on, but I tried to like err on the side of being a nice person about it. So having opinion and showing up, I think really helps. And erring on just being nice seems yeah. like a winning strategy. I think so. I'm biased. You, I mean, on Twitter, a lot of people are just mean. Mm-hmm. And it's just those small things. I don't know. Like, I don't know. Just replying to people helps. I think making people feel like they're part of something helps. They are part of something. They're there. Like, they're on the newsletter. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Let them reply to your real email address. What's the worst that can happen? Yeah. I got some weird emails over the <laughs> year. Like, some dude last What's week. What's the worst that could happen? Uh, my oh, identity my got stolen. But, Shit. yeah, that's the other one, right? Like, you have to just be stone-faced sometimes. People are going to be douches. Like, it's mm-hmm. the reality. And people are going to be mean. I got a really mean email last week. Like, oh, it's the best, actually. I wonder if I can find it. Oh, probably not. Like the email went like this. I warned you five times already. You shouldn't talk about politics in your tech email. And I'm like, it's my email. (laughs) It's my email, dude. (laughs) I get where you're coming from. But at some point, you know, I mean, I was writing about, I think it was this like James Damore thing. Like he was like, it's not tech. And I said, but it's relevant to our industry. This guy's discriminating against the very people he's sitting next to. And Mm -hmm. that's a big deal. 
And yeah, he was like, I warned you five times already. I'm unsubscribing and then like dramatically unsubscribed. <laughs> he uh, clicked his mouse super hard. And tweeted. Yeah. It. Oh, shit. So Big like deal. tweeted a picture of the unsubscribe. The photo of his screen. That's how you know it's <laughs> serious. <laughs> but, oh, my God. But you, you, I think you just have to steal yourself. You're always going to have haters um, and you can't let it let you give up. Yeah. I don't know. I imagine in design you have the same thing. It's like, yeah. I mean, no, whenever someone criticizes me, even if they didn't use the word there, I'll just put like asterisks there. Right. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I like that. Before we die of heat, we like to end the show by asking, what keeps you up at night? Oh my god, freelancing? Yeah, I was gonna say. It's you, only you've yeah, got a, you've got a new thing. Do you wanna do you wanna go deep on this? What's like, gonna keep you up tonight? How long do you want to talk about that? Yeah. I don't know, just like what can I give back to the universe is one that bothers me a lot. Like your atoms. <laughs> well, just yeah. They that's will disintegrate it. into my this. emails. <laughs> <laughs> my emails. But like, no, it keeps me up though. Like, how can I create I mean, it's like I'm creating value was what I was going to say, but just how can I do something meaningful? I mean, doing meaningful work is something that I think bothers everybody. Um, And the thing that stopped me from freelancing for so long was what if I'm not part of a team doing a thing that's like doing pushing the world forward? I don't know. It was this weird validation thing. We're working on a website for communities, but (laughs) could I be working on a rocket ship that goes to Mars. Like, right. what are the like? What are <laughs> Have the you seen things? Elon Musk's Twitter? Like, yeah, I don't follow that anymore. But that I think that bothers me a lot. Is just how can I give back in a meaningful way? And I think you have to find. Man, this was deep for the end of it, but you have to find like what's okay with you. You're not going to be able to build rockets and sleep under them like Elon Musk. But maybe sending <laughs> your words, not mine. But maybe yeah. you can retweet his tweets and there make him a little more. I famous. can put them in my email. <laughs> Yeah. No, but yeah, it's just uh that stopped me. That stopped me for so long as well. Like I think being a part of a team is such an identity thing. Mm-hmm. You feel like I'm pushing something forward. It's but, validation. Um, yeah, like, but like as a human you just have to decide, I don't know, what makes you happy and like what level of giving back is enough. Um and I think sending a free email to people to help them with their jobs is actually okay. But we'll see. <laughs> Or you can pay me for it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> and then I get a freelance I didn't, twice as long. I didn't actually say the one thing I did want to say about that email is um, I put off asking people for money for way too long. Mm. And I wanted to do this thing for at least two years of this and never did because I was scared to ask for money. Ask me again next week. <laughs> but uh, So like three weeks ago, I uh, like launched the service in private beta, invited the people who are on the waitlist for it since i talked about it two years ago uh sign up and so far like 150 people gave me their credit card numbers which is crazy yeah uh i think i told you beforehand that uh i found out that they couldn't cancel (laughs) so we'll see like i there was a bug that meant the cancel page give me your payment information (laughs) yeah what i do with it is still up in the air yeah we'll see but yeah like i realized that you should ask way sooner that stuff so mm-hmm. that's that was interesting um the that's payment. like startup yeah nomenclature right i learned well, that from intercom ship actually. early in many ways it's like the opposite right like yeah startups never charge for things oh it's so bad i love coming to san francisco because i'm like who which startups can i take <laughs> advantage of who's given the free stuff today who yeah has the best lunches yeah no so so far i'm three lunches deep mm. um where'd you go or where wait, where'd you go that you can say i went to i've been to intercom and google mm-hmm uh, they were like Intercom does a pretty good job yeah it's pretty good 
Tomorrow I go to Stripe. I wish you asked me in the future. Mm. I heard theirs is good. We'll Stripe see. is good. I was thinking about reviewing it, but most of them have these like NDAs where you can't. Airbnb's lunch is like. Oh, okay. I'll yeah. So that you can that's start an email. an email. A paywalled email so paywalled nobody will email. know. That's right. There you go. Until then. <laughs> Thanks for coming on. Thanks so much for yeah, coming. Thanks for having me in this sweaty little room. In this sweaty hot. It's hot here today. Yeah, we're going to get out. Thanks, man. <laughs> That's episode 218. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks to Owen for coming to hang out with us all the way from Amsterdam just for this. He didn't come here for any other reasons. It was just for this. And uh, I think I really think I really made it worth his while with the uh, Tales Force. We hope, I hope you kept listening after that pun. So if you're hearing this, you did. Thanks for listening. Let us know what you thought. We're on Twitter at DesignDetailsFM or come hang out with us in our community on Spectrum at spectrum.chat slash specfm. Before we go, huge thanks to Fuse who made this episode possible. What if designers could actually do good work? What if it was, like their output actually mattered instead of just making artifacts that are just... It's not even a rectangle. It's just a picture of a rectangle and some text that isn't rendered properly. There's so many problems with our process, with the de- product development process, and so much of this has literally gone unchanged for decades but it's something that Fuse is thinking about and making it possible for teams and individuals to build apps easier, faster, with a lot less overhead, shipping your your work straight to the app store. Go check them out at FuseTools.com. It's no wonder designers are so angsty when their tools are so bad. It's available for free. You can sign up, use it yourself. Uh, It's on macOS, it's on Windows. Uh, You can start building apps for iOS and Android. If you're working with a team and you need a more powerful suite of tools, some premium components, you can use Fuse Pro. Premium components is my favorite thing. <laughs> Why? It's just so good. Go to FuseTools.com and if you sign up for the Pro plan, use the promo code DD as in design details and that'll get you 70% off their Pro plan for the next year. Go get those premium components at FuseTools.com. I'm putting a premium component in our code base tonight. Do it. Thanks so much and we'll catch you next week.